Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by Ed Quigley and Andy Holding as we look ahead to this weekend's racing at Sandown and at Aintree. It is, of course, the Tingle Creek on Saturday, uh, but plenty of cracking racing across the two cards. We'll have a quick look at the stuff over in Ireland on Sunday as well. Um, Andy, at this <laughs> time of, of year, and especially after the couple of weeks that we've had, with the nonsense at um, Alaska, I think we've got to start any uh, national hunt preview at this stage with a chat about the weather and the rain and the ground. Um, how's it looking for both? I, I haven't watched a race for the last two days because of fog. Um, it feels like uh, recently. What's the uh, what's the going going to be like in uh, at entry in Sandown? Pretty much the same, I think. I think high pressure's set to dominate all the way through to at least Sundays, so as far as I could see, unless uh, Ed's got any. Uh, any uh, updates? I looked uh, yesterday, yesterday night. Um, so, yeah, it all looks set for, uh, for the weekend. The one thing, obviously, with those dank, sort of misty conditions when the sun doesn't come out, um, it usually means that the moisture is usually kept into the ground. So, can't see it sort of drying out and places going ridiculous. Um, but obviously, we've got potential, as we did last weekend, of one or two defectors. If, um, sets of connections or jockeys walk the track and they're, they're not happy with um, what's underfoot. But hopefully, at least we won't get silly match races or walkovers or something like that. We we do see a little bit of uh, of uh, quality racing at Sandown. You know, when when you've got two at least two or three horses that are you know well above average. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, Ed, how are things at, at Cheltenham? Um, hope you were there a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously more cracking racing there next Saturday, next weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, there's uh, it's fog galore here. I was actually trying to start my Christmas shopping, uh, so I, and I emphasise start the Christmas shopping, but um, kind of uh, yeah, abandoned, abandoned sticks really. Yeah, the visibility is about five yards here. It's um, yeah, and obviously Wing Canton had some uh, troubles today, didn't they, with the fog, and you haven't been able to see much. It's quite interesting actually. I remember an old story about um horses and fog uh involves alan king actually I, i'm going back through i don't know it came up on a, on a show i was on the other day but going back to 2009 was a race in exeter uh, it was a horse called bensalem i don't know if you remember him of course he, he won the uh what was the ultimate the channel festival and uh was a pretty good horse in his pomp but he he was beaten off at exeter and um i think quite a few people were disappointed including connections but the uh, the official line when he came in to give his explanation to the stewards was that the horse did not handle the fog uh, and i think it says <laughs> in the, uh, the asterisks afterwards uh, the stewards noted uh, mr alan king's explanation and have uh, put that on record for future reference so uh, <laughs> this could be the new excuse you know don't worry about the ground don't worry about this that the other the amount of water uh, the fog comes out that could give seven barrows Another uh, string to the bow, couldn't it, in regards to uh, uh, taking horses out of races? But yeah, did not handle the fog. I've heard that one for a while. I certainly don't handle fog either. So um, that, that's something that we have in common. Uh, let's get into the races. We're going to go through the final four races on the card on Saturday at Sandown, uh, starting with the Henry VIII Novice Chase. And then we'll go across to Aintree and have a look at the many clouds on the beach and, and a couple of other things as well. Uh, do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, um, place terms, and the best tipsters straight to your app every single morning of racing as well. So do go and download that. But we'll start with the 145, uh, the Close Brothers, Henry VIII, Novice Chase, where John Bond is the 4-11 to favourite ahead of Boot Hill at 7-2. to Unexpected party, 12-1 to uh, for the Skeleton team, who are making a, a bit of a good habit of, of winning big races so far um, this season. But would be a bit of an upset if they manage it here. And uh, Honor Dijon is... Uh, uh, a hundred to one. Uh, Andy, you put up Boot Hill 
um, for the win a, uh, a couple of weekends ago. So I'll, I'll come straight to you here for this one. Yeah, he's, a, he's an extremely talented horse, um, Boot Hill. And, and, and the time figure that he produced when he won at Ascot suggests that he's probably a little bit better than what I originally thought. And I thought, you know, his form going into Ascot was pretty good anyway. Um, and he beat a horse of um, Paul Burns, so Scottish, who uh, was also seemingly well handicapped. I know Paul fancied his chances that day. So I think it's it's, it's a pretty good race. And put it this way, I, I, I put the two races up side by side. Um, I think it's Cool Cody, wasn't he? He won over two and a half miles and, and uh, mm-hmm. against the against the Boot Hill race. If you set the race off um, from the first fence in the back straight to the winning line, uh, there was 13 seconds difference in favour of Boot Hill. Um, so that suggests wow. he's, he's probably run to at least the mark that the, the handicap has given him 147, if not more, using Cool Cody as a guide. I think we're dealing with a, a, a sensational piece of handicap form. I think that race will um, stand the test in the next um, few months. Um, I had originally thought, off the back of that, what could I do with Boot Hill going forward? Is he a good enough to be an Arkle horse? Because he is in the Arkle betting. He has, he's not got a traditional Arkle profile, but he's still a novice going into this season. Um, or do I look towards the, uh, the handicap, the Grand Annual? Because there's a good chance he might end up there. A lot depends, of course, how he gets on against John Bon and, and whether that um, handicap mark gets altered or not. Put it this way, I do think he will give John Bon more than enough to think about here. I'm not saying he'll definitely beat John Bon because I've got a huge amount of respect for Nicky Henderson's horse who couldn't have done any more than he did in beating two good horses at uh, Warwick on his chasing debut. But mark my words, Boot Hill is, is a better horse than the market suggests and uh, I don't think this will be a total cakewalk. And is it, you know, looking at the prices now, John Bon is the two to one favourite for uh, for the Arkle. Uh, Boot Hill is 30, 33 to one, which suggests that there's a, a big chunk of that price is assuming that there are other targets in mind. Otherwise, it's a it's a ludicrous price if, if it's accepted that he's going to, to the Arkle. Surely, if the Grand Annual is the is the aim, then running him in a in a forerunner affair against John Bon is is not a particularly way to go. Good way to go to preserve your handicap mark. I don't think Harry Fry's probably even thinking of that. Um, I think he'll probably assess it after the new year and look where they're at, and particularly to you know on Saturday and take a view of how he, how he performs against John Bond. I mean, if he if he does go and beat John Bond, then he clearly has got an Arkle candidate, so handicaps off the table. Uh, but he's always got that to fall back on if you know it, it doesn't work out. But all I'm saying is I I have these a lot closer together certainly on the numbers, than the, the market does. Um, so I'd just be fascinated to see how it pans out. Boot Seal has got the one thing in his favour. He, he's, he's obviously proven right-handed and at a very strong pace. The Ascot, say, the Ascot pace was lightning quick. They went a real good gallop. So he's used to running against handicappers who know the time of day. So he's got the experience. He's got the, um, the requisite qualities to certainly, you know, press and, and, and to test John Bond. It, it, I said, I, there's, no, there's no way John Bond will just go out here and float along and, and win easily. Boot Hill, if he stays on his feet, will be bang there. Uh, enough to, to, for you to have a bet at seven or two? I actually already backed him. I, was, I backed him early on in the week at four to one in the hope that John Bond wouldn't run. <laughs> uh, I was trying to be clever because now John Bond lines up. So I've got it Andy post. If John Bond doesn't run, they pull it out because of the ground, then great. But... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll still fancy my chances anyway. I'll, I've certainly got a puncher's chance anyway of um, landing the bet. 
yeah, Boot Hill there, seven to two, um, the selection for Andy. Um, Ed, you know, it, it doesn't look a, a great betting heat, I guess, unless you're happy to uh, take a punt on Boot Hill being much better than what we've seen so far as Andy is. Um, how do you see the race? Yeah, I'd echo a lot of what Andy says. I mean, it's not a race to particularly get me um, giddy with excitement. Uh, I can't really sue the, see the two outsiders getting involved. It looks a match. Uh, I, I agree in the sense that I think Boot Hill will at least give John Mon something to think about. I don't think this will be a stroll in the park, but I just think John Mon looks to have that bit of X factor over fences. And all, of, all in all, a bit of an underwhelming race in truth. I think John Mon will win comfortably. Um, I, I get that the wider point would be interesting in the sense that you say you wouldn't normally associate Harry Fry with going down the handicap route, but if you wanted to smuggle Boot Hill into the Grand Annual off 144 or something, yeah, the last thing he probably mm. wants to do is end up the backside of John Bond here in, in a, in a ding-dong, because it, what it probably wouldn't do, it doesn't kind of guarantee him top-level graded success, and he probably smokes his handicap mark to some extent for the uh, for future, future targets. But, yeah, all in all, I think John Bond will win. Uh, I'll expect Boo Hill to be on the scene and I'd go down as a plucky loser. On then to um, the 2.20, uh, and uh, this is the handicap hurdle uh, over two miles, and Love Envoy is the 15-8 to eight favourite ahead of On Publique at 9-2. to two. Uh, Playful Saint, 6-1. to one. Uh, Hermes Boy is 8-1, to 10-1, to one friend or foe. Nayati, 12-1, to one, uh, with Maritor, 33-1 to one bar. Uh, Ed, we, you know, give you a bit of a hospital pass going second in a four-runner race with a three-on favourite in the first, so we'll uh, let you take over here in the second. Yeah, I'm... Um, straightforward answers, I don't really know what I'm doing on here. I think it's a case of... Um... What's the phrase? Is it once bitten, twice shy? Well, uh, last week end, I thought Lom Press was uh, the lay of the, the millennium. Mm. Uh, I thought on the seasonal reappearance off 164 on good ground with the owner saying you'll definitely need the run. Uh, on a side point, I mean, how good was that from Lom Press? I think that was, that was absolutely fantastic. And uh, to a lesser extent here, but I've got a similar kind of theory with Love Envoy in the sense that, you know, uh, off 139, First time out on ground, which I mean, it's was it going to be good to soft at best? Uh, as you say, there's, there's not a lot of rain around. Uh, all the form has come in an absolute bulk, hasn't it? I mean, officially, uh, she's won soft, heavy, heavy, heavy. She did win on good to soft, but that was in a Leicester maiden hurdle, you know, where a class got her through. I, I she seems incredibly short for me. I've seen there's a lot of kind of 11 to 8 flying around. All in all, I want to get her beaten. I'm probably just going to look to lay Love Envoy, I think is going to be the angle in here, because I'm not bowled away by what it is um, that's going to get her beaten. But I've got the rest of the field running for me at 8 to 11. Uh, I'll take that, uh, if you see what I'm saying. I think Love Envoy, in an absolute bog, uh, she really comes into her own, and clearly she's got sundown form. But uh, if the ground does continue to dry up, that would have to be a, a major worry for me. And I mean, it's not just me. I mean, the connections have said it themselves. But then, as I said, I'm going to start calling it like the long press syndrome because um, that's what everyone said last week. And um, I, I could not believe what I was watching. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I thought, I thought he'd blow up and fall in a hole. But um, so, yeah, I'm applying similar kind of logic here. They can't all win. I'm going to take them <laughs> uh, with no rain clouds. I'm, I'm reliably informed by um, by Michael Fish, a.k.a. Andy Holding. Yeah, it's the... Uh, the Surrey Riviera uh, in, in the area. It's going to be lovely ground and Love Envoy will just be tap for toe. So um, I'm laying Love Envoy. That is my bottom line. Laying Love Envoy, the play for Ed uh, Andy. 
Um, I wouldn't probably be as bold as, as Ed and um, stand against Love Envoy because um, she is potentially incredibly well-treated. I still don't know how she's got a mark 139. I don't know how the handicappers work that out. Um, she'd be a very good field at Cheltenham. Probably one of the most eye-catching performances the whole week for me, the way she went through that mayor's uh, novices race. And if you look at the form so far this season, there's been a whole host of horses that have come out and shrank the form already. You know, proper class horses as well that were well and truly beat. Um, I'm not sure what her ultimate target is. Um, probably with the, the Mayor's Hurdle at the festival. I could presume that's the only race that she's sort of eligible for. Um, they'll obviously want to stretch her out over two and a half miles at some stage this season. She tried it last year and she got beat by Brandy Love, but certainly no, um, nothing lost in defeat there at the end of a hard season. Look, if she, I think if she's fitting well, she'll probably win. Um, but I, I'm like Ed, I, I'm not... Um, here to be tipping up six to four favourites every, every single time we look at a race. Mm. Um, I was quite taken by Nayati. I'm, I'm going to stick up for my local track here. Um, I saw him win the other day, and it was it was a good race. I know there was quite a few fancied horses in there, and um, he bet a horse called Georgie Saint. Now Georgie Saint, as we speak, is as either ran or as run uh, runs later on today. So I'll be hopeful of Georgie Saint franking that form because I got a very good time figure for that race. Um, or we did, sorry. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't actually do the the numbers for for, for our service. Um, I just do the sectional. So back back to the sectionals with the overall time uh, that my colleague did. Um, I reckon that Bangor race is pretty good, and I like the way this horse went through that race and hit the line. Um, it's got to be fairly significant that Donald McCain's taking one down south. He doesn't do very much nowadays. He tends to stick to his own patch. Um, so yeah, if Love and Void comes unstuck. Um, then maybe Nayati might be the each alternative. Nayati, um, there the selection for Andy. 12 to 1 best price. That's with Hills, Bet Victor, Coral, and Unibet. Uh, on to the big race uh, of the weekend. Shishkin uh, heads up the market in the Tingle Creek. Um, we've got Shishkin 11 to 10, Grenatine uh, 2 to 1, Edwardstone 7 to 1, Gentleman de Me 10 to 1. Uh, Fernando Savola, uh, 25 to 1, and Dunvegan, 100 to 1. Really interesting this, isn't it, Andy, with the profile <clears throat> of the two horses at the top end of the market. Shishkin, the, the proven performer looking to bounce back after, you know, effectively a no-show at Cheltenham. And then Grenatine, the massively improving horse who's been pretty breathtaking in terms of what he's done um, uh, in the last two starts. If you were to go back to, you know, February and say these two will be meeting in the Tingle Creek and it'll be eleven to ten, two to one. Um, it would have been pretty surprising. But where do you see the mar- Where do you see the value uh, with the market as it is now and with the six runners? Well, the first thing to say, I think this is a throwback to yesteryear, isn't it? When we had a genuine, proper Tingle Creek with mm. more than one or two horses in with a squeak. In recent times, it, you know, we, we we have been rather let down by either one horse not making it, etc., 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 etc. I think the only one missing here. It is an ergamine, and we'd have the full house. You'd almost have a replica of what's going to happen in the the champion chase um, mm. next season. Um, but I, I genuinely feel as though, under the conditions that are likely to be sand down on Saturday, and I think there's going to be a marked difference, as there often is on the chase track and the hurdle track. Ed pointed out that Love Envoy might struggle on, on, on quicker ground, but if you, if you look at... Um, what the clock of the course is saying, Andrew Cooper, he's saying it is soft all over on the, on that inside track. And don't forget that's heavily watered throughout the throughout the sum, throughout the summer. So that'll remain soft. So it'll definitely suit Harry Fry's mare. Um, 
but on the chase track, it's going to be quick. And it's almost going to be quick enough for perhaps connections of Shiskin to, to get a little bit windy, maybe come Saturday. Um, but the, whichever way you strip this down, I think Grenadine will win. Because Just because I think he's the quicker horse. He's had the run as well. I mean, don't forget he won this race very, very easy last year. And I know he got beat by Shiskin at Kempton, but that wouldn't have been his ground. He's not a horse that would go and slog around in a bog. And it can get pretty testing at Kempton. And he just couldn't, he got wheel spin. He just couldn't, he didn't have the acceleration and the, and the power that Shiskin has got. But on good ground, when he's had a run under his belt, I think this will be a totally different ball game. I think they'll have Edward Stone off, off his feet as well. Um, and, he could, and he can ride him, Harry Cobden, which way he wants here, because he's got gentleman to me in the race. Anyone who knows gentleman to me and has seen him run, there's only one way of going with him, and that's flat out. So if he didn't want to make the running, which he doesn't have to, he'll just sit in behind. So I see gentleman to me leading, Grenatine just literally sitting a length or two in behind, popping away, popping away. And then when it comes to quickening down to the pond and from that point onwards, I think Grenatine will have the better turn of foot on the ground. So I, I think he's probably one of the best value bets of the weekend. I'm surprised he's not favourite. Oh, Wow. Big, big price, big, uh, strong fancy there from Andy. Uh, Ed, how do you see it? I'm, I'm with Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Granatine here. I, I'm probably not quite as strong as, uh, as, as Andy in, in the sense that obviously if uh, the Shishkin can turn up who uh, beat an Ergamine in the Clarence House, then they're all going to be, uh, all going to be playing catch up. But again, uh, say just be interesting this ground. It, it ties my head in knots. Now I'm getting worried whether I need to lay the uh, Harry Fry mare if the. If it's a bog on one track and it's like a runway on the other, uh, we just need a bit of fog just to complete the set, don't we, really? Um, I've, I've, yeah, all in all, I think Granatine, it was an astonishing comeback in the uh, Holden Gold Cup. Uh, I mean, you could perhaps crab the form a little bit in the strictest sense to say, oh, what did this horse do in behind? And third time, Lucky made a Horlicks three out and then hasn't exactly advertised the form since. But to win any handicap uh, off 168 takes some doing. And uh, I mean, he fairly trounced them didn't he if you remember rightly going back 12 months ago uh granatine was stuffed in the uh holding gold cup before coming on to win this as an unconsidered 12 to 1 poke well yeah none of those prices are flying around there and as you say george uh 15 8 2 to 1 to beat shishkin if you'd said that um six months or so ago we'd all fallen over laughing so look, it's a funny one because look a lot still got to be taken on trust with shishkin that we we do still have shishkin if that makes sense you know mm. uh there was, I don't know whether it's a backfitted story, but the official line was there was a bone problem uh, post the champion chase. It, you know, Nicky Henderson said, forget the ground, although it wasn't ideal. The, the horse was beaten after two fences. And um, he's got to come back on his A game on ground, which is definitely in Granatine's favour. Granatine, we know, absolutely loves uh, Sandown. I mean, he, he really is at home at this venue, isn't he? He's becoming like the new twist magic for Paul Nichols of. Uh, a horse of a decade or so ago. So, yeah, all in all, I just think I was astonished by that Granatine comeback. Um, I know Nichols said before the Holding Gold Cup, he said that we've got him a bit straighter than last year, but there's probably still a bit to work on. Um, and to win off 168 on the season reappearance, now returning to his happy hunting ground. Uh, I put it this way, I wouldn't be shocked. Granatine wins this, beats Shishkin, um, but then Shishkin... Uh, drifts to a nice price or a backable price to, to win the champion chase and I'll probably get involved. I don't fancy Edward <laughs> Stone at all. Don't fancy Edward Stone at all. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I think they might be using this to test the water. I wouldn't be shocked if they went the Ryanair chase route after this. There's been a few murmurs from the King team coming out. It's the two-mile division looks hot enough, doesn't it? For argument's sake, Shishkin comes back on song. Granatine, 
You've got Fernie Hollow waiting to come back. You've already got an Ergamine, Gentleman to me, Shaka Poussoir. This two-mile division looks chaos. Two-and-a-half-mile division. Well, Alahoe's officially on the sidelines injured. That looks rife for something to come through. So I think that, you know, the, the King team aren't silly. And there, there's been a few uh, quotes coming out of the stable in the last couple of weeks that, you know, we're, we're using this, then we may look to go up and trip. It, it wouldn't shock me at all if he was taken off his feet here. He stays up the hill into third, beating eight or ten lengths, and they then pursue uh, an intermediate trip route. So, um, yeah, i got Granatine to beat Shishkin. Uh, I don't fancy the two outsiders. Gentleman, to me, a little bit of a joker in the pack. In the sense, he could really take to Sandown. Uh, we may absolutely hate it. I don't quite know which way I'm going to go with him yet. Um, either way, it was a bit of a disappointing comeback run, wasn't it? I mean, he was beaten at the time he unseated. But, um, yeah, Granatine to beat Shishkin. That's my forecast. And I might keep an eye on Edwardstone with a view of uh, getting involved in the Ryanair chase afterwards and the view of getting involved with Shishkin in the uh, the champion chase afterwards as well. There we go. Um, plenty of antipost angles there from Ed, as well as looking at Grenatin to be the, um, the the better the prices. Uh, on that note, to both of you, you know, at the moment, looking at the champion chase prices, you've got Shishkin 4-1 to one and uh, Grenatin 20-1. to one. Um, Is that 20-1 to one big if, if we're saying that 2-1 to one's big for that result on, on Saturday? Probably is by default, isn't it? The fact that if you thump, if you thump Shishkin, I mean, he's he's going to be what five, six. I mean, God knows, but he's going to be second or he's going to be third favourite, isn't he? Probably to win the champion chase behind uh, Shishkin and Anugami, depending on how the, the race unfolds, of course. But yeah, it's just Paul Nichols has always kind of said like, you know, sometimes he gets his horses. He says it, like, you know, he's got on records. It's not all about Cheltenham and there are other other targets. And Sandown clearly really suits Granatine. Uh, we've seen, you know, how he wins that wins at the April meeting. Uh, and how he likes the Tingle Creek. Yeah, I mean, they'd be bonkers not to have a go or go down the champion chase route uh, again. I mean, he ran well in it, didn't he? A couple of seasons ago where he wasn't beaten far. And, and naturally, if anything turns up and thumps Shishkin uh, this season, their price is going to tumble for a, a later target as a consequence. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating kind of dynamic going on. There's, there's all sorts going, going on. Uh, there is an argument if you think Granatine's going to win back in for the champion chase. And when he's been Shishkin, then back Shishkin for the champion chase. And as I said, back Edward Stone for the Ryanair in the aftermath. So uh, it, it, I think as well as being a brilliant race in itself, that's the first thing we, we shouldn't forget. Um, as Andy did touch upon at the top of the show, there are, hopefully they all line up here and we don't get any late silly non-runners because it should be a bit of a classic in itself. But uh, I do fancy Granatine like Andy, just have a bit too much zip and he does love it around here and he'll be my selection. There we go. Andy, any thoughts on the future stuff or should we move on to the last? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, yeah. Okay, let's go straight then to the last at Sandown. Um, the uh, handicap chase um, over the three and a half miles. Well, Revels Hill is a two to one favourite ahead of Dace Abba at four to one. Quick wave, nine to two. A Claire de Guy, uh, 13 to two, 14 to one bar those. 11 runners here, Andy. Um, who takes your fancy at this stage? Um, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, the favourite here, Revels Hill. Um, that your darling, that Ed will probably touch upon in a second or two, is a proper piece of kit when he's fresh and he's well and all um, everything is working in the right direction. Um, and the, like I say, the numbers for that race at Ascot the other day were frightening. Uh, they, they were, they were, it was by far and away the best uh, chase race um, on that particular card. Um, and I just think he bumped into one. You know, I don't know what Ben's going to do with your darling further down the line, whether it gives him one more run for Cheltenham or just wait for Cheltenham. But 
He's a very good horse when he's um, in that kind of form. And Revels Hill was the only one who offered any resistance at all. He, he stayed on very takenly from the back of the last, as they say. Um, and for a horse that wants three miles, you'd have to say that was an incredibly good effort. I mean, all his best form is over. He actually won, he won over two, two mile four, didn't he, last season? <laughs> Sorry, three mile four, I beg your pardon. Beating a horse who is, um, you know, replete with stamina, the two amigos. So it's very, very hard to look beyond him. It could be a really good day for the um, North Ely Racing Club. Obviously, they've got yeah, Love Envoy and uh, Revels Hill as well. Uh, but yeah, unopposable for me, I'm afraid, despite the price. Unopposable, two to one, uh, the price as it is with Hills and 365. Uh, Ed? I probably would take him on um, with Disha Arbor, just on the strength of the, the Philip Hobbs course form for this horse. You know, he's been to the Isha venue four times, form figures of two wins and two seconds, including when beating, uh, was it a nose in this 12 months ago? So clearly loves it here. Uh, brings all his a game to the table at this track very much horses for courses if there was a negative um it wouldn't necessarily be a mark of 142 it'd be more i would like to see the the ground riding a bit on the slow side or the dead side i think genuine good ground could just see him kind of taking off his feet i know it sounds daft over a, a race of this nature over three miles or five furlongs but he could just get too far behind uh on, on a quicker surface where he's left too much to do but i mean um I was just going back, funny enough, I went back through the Philip Hobbs stable tour, uh, which came out six weeks or so ago, just to, just for a bit of reference. And Philip Hobbs has basically said, look, uh, his season revolves around anything where we can get him to sand down with the first port of call being here. So, uh, look, I think he'll be trained to the minute for this. Uh, he's going to have a lot in his favour, loves the venue. Uh, it just would be a, a little bit more rain would have been welcomed. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking naturally for something at bigger prices to, to get involved. But, um like Andy, I say, if you take Revels Hill, Adisha Arbor out of it, I'm not massively blown away by those at the kind of double figure prices. So, um, yeah, I think it, it rests between the protagonists and just at twice the price, I, I would lean towards the Philip Hobbs charge. Pick your player, uh, Ed Desaba, four to one, Andy Revels Hill, two to one. <clears throat> Covering the top end of the market, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Uh, over to Aintree then, just two races we're going to cover at Aintree starting with the Many Clouds chase, where Ahoy Senor is the 5-4 to four favourite, ahead of Sounds Russian and Chantry House, are both 11-2, to two. Noble Yates, 6-1, to one. Sam Brown, 9-1, to one. and Dashiell Drasher, 14-1. to one. Uh, Ed, Ahoy Senor looking to bounce back from that really disappointing run last time out. Yes, he is. I mean, I was there that day uh, when the Beatles were right on the rails by the, uh, by the last fence, really, and... Um... Uh, I mean, I mean, it was chalk and cheese, wasn't it? We've had that good old uh, battle between the old foes of Brave Man's Game and Ahoy Senor, whereas Brave Man's Game was just metronomically devastating and getting from A to B. Uh, Ahoy Senor's jumping literally just unraveled, um, especially on the second circuit. Now they're saying, you know, perhaps he desperately needed the run and he did improve a great deal for his seasonal reappearance 12 months ago. Uh, I suppose you, you've got to try and pin your hopes on that as well, that kind of angle in, um, in, in that sense, you see what I'm saying, where he, he uh, I think it was last year in the Colin Parker, he was well beaten at the time he fell and then went to Newbury and won by distance, didn't he, in the, in the John mm. Frankham novice chase. So, look, he, he may well improve for that outing. Uh, all in all, it just looks a bit skinny, was he, around kind of 11 to 10 or there or thereabouts, 6 to 5. Um, I know he's been there and done it. Uh, I just thought that the price is a bit skinny. Uh, considering when you look on official figures, there are others here which are 
bang in the in the race with him. I, I, I personally, I think Dashiell Drash is just totally the wrong price. That would be the angle in here. I, I don't know how he's the outsider of the field, to be honest with you. Um, well, BHA ratings, he's £3 inferior to Ahoy Senor. Due to the penalty structure of this race, he gets £3. So he comes out dead, dead level at the weights. One's six to five. One's 14 to one. Dashiell Drasher's one at entry. Dashiell Drasher loves soft ground. That's something else to point out. It's uh, a lot softer at entry than it is down at Sandown on the chase course. I think it's what a mixture of soft and good to soft in places uh, with a, a few showers on the way as well. So it's not going to be rattling quick by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I think Dashiell Drasher is a bit, it's a bit disrespectful um, to make him the absolute rag of the field here on his peak, which of course he may not quite be anymore. He's, he is a serious player and uh, I was delighted with his, his entry comeback over hurdles. Um, I, I thought that showed a lot. Of the fires do still burn. So um, yeah, all in all, uh, it's a race where I wouldn't be shocked if uh, hoisting your one, but the price isn't doing it for me. Dashiell Drasher, as I said, 14 to one seems crackers on the face of it for a horse where someone's wrong. Uh, I mean, in theory, in a, in a handicap, they're basically running, you know, getting the same, they'd be off the same weight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one of them is a monster price here. Chantry House, I can't have at all, despite all the rhetoric and the talk. And he's now grown up to a bigger and better horse than ever. And you wouldn't believe it. And he looks a million dollars and all this kind of thing. And um, yeah, I hear all that. And he's had the wind up, but he's got to give weight away. And uh, his profile is becoming, uh, I mean, a bit hit and miss in recent times, isn't it? There was no obvious excuse in the Gold Cup, in the in the King George. Uh, I mean, we went off favourite. It's amazing to think now, wouldn't he? Chantry House went off favourite for last season's King George. Never <laughs> went a yard. Uh, and in between that, he was kind of, um, he, he scraped home against Santini when odds on, didn't he, in the Cotswold chase. So all in all, uh, I'd be against the Nicky Henderson runner. So, um, yeah, Dasha Drasha for me. I just think he's the wrong price. Dasha Drasha, 14 to 1 best price uh, with Paddy's. Betfair Sportsbook, Bet Victor, and a couple of others, Betfred uh, included as well. Uh, Andy? Um, yeah, I've never been a massive fan of Hoisin. You're probably just because he's, a, not say unreliable, um, but he's a bit of an oxo horse. I think he'll win, look impressive, and suck you in. You think, oh, here we go. And then next time out, he'll do something daft, either pull too hard or jump to his right or make mistakes. And that's what he did on his debut at. Uh, Weatherby, I think he had a little bit of everything that day. I'm not sure Derek Fox knew what way he was coming or going. Um, so would I want to take six to five, 11 to 10 to find out whether he's the horse we saw last year? Absolutely not. Uh, and there's doubts about obviously one or two of the others, you know, with a trip or, or whatever. But I'm a massive, massive fan of Sands Russian. I think I've put this horse up on his last two or three runs. I cottoned on to him last year, knocking out some good time figures in those very competitive novices handicaps, which I do think are... Um, a road to riches. They're, they're, they're just so good to follow because they often run at really strong pace, uh, paces. Um, and I, I love the way this horse got the job done um, at Kelsoni's seasonal reappearance. It was a good test. I, I, I was obviously ready for that day. He went off in front and served up a proper guard throughout. And a lot of horses were really struggling from a long way out. But Sands Russian came there swinging um, as if they weren't going fast enough for him. And he, he wasn't going away. And I, I just love the way he hit the line. He's bound to improve for the run. He's had 42 days off to recover from that run. And I think Ruth Jefferson's got a really smart horse here. Um, so much so that I have actually looked, had a look at this horse, what price he is for the Gold Cup. Um, I'm probably flying a bit high thinking he's going to be that good. Um, but I say, you, you know, you take out your Galapanda Shams and your Protector Rats and it's a, it's a division that, you know, 
could probably welcome a horse coming through the ranks. Um, you know, Raw Pagai did it um, a season or two ago. Um, and obviously, you know, we've got, we've got one or two others as well of a similar ill. But I do think, I do think we're going to see fireworks from him sooner or rather later in a, in a good race. And this is his chance to do it. So with the likelihood of Dashiell Drasher upsetting the apple cart up front with Ahoy Senior, because Ahoy Senior would want to lead ideally, but so does Dashiell Drasher. This race could set up perfectly for um, the very strong travelling sound. Yeah, sounds Russian 11 to 2, best price. Paddy's uh, Betfair Sportsbook, Bet Victor, and a couple of others as well. Um, and then on to the, uh, the Beecher handicap chase. Uh, Guess Killy is 9 to 2, favourite head of Ashtown Lad at 5 to 1. Captain Kangaroo, 9 to 1. Snow Leopard S, 12 to 1. Hill 16, 12. The Wolf, 14 to 1. Five Star Getaway, 14 to 1. Dr. Kananga, 16 to 1. Uh, Durasha County 16s, fantastic ass 18s, uh, 18 to 1 recite a prayer, 20 to 1 bar those. Uh, Andy, over to you. Well, I think we've got the right favourite on balance. Guess Keeler, who obviously ran in the Grand Sefton, that was over two and a half. The way he stayed on, you know, he looks as though he's crying out for further. Um, so, yeah, nothing wrong with that with you from, from an informed stable. But I do think this is slightly overpriced here. Um, Hill 16, who ran in that aforementioned uh, Sands Russian race at Kelso last time out, I flagged up the time figure for that race and the strong nature of that form. And, and, and he finished second in this race last year to Snow um, Leopardess. So obviously connections have targeted that. Sandy Thompson's also in good form. He's had four winners from the last 14 runners. Um, Ryan Mania rides the entry fences better than most. So um, I thought he was overpriced at 12 to 1. And the other one is um, looking down a bomb. Horse has been sort of targeted for this race. That's Five Star Getaway, who... Very much had a, a quiet stroke, eye-catching run at bang on his seasonal reappearance. Mm. Didn't, didn't look as though that day was um, his gold cup, as it were. Um, and I think these big fences will really suit him. Um, and I'll have a mark of 1-3-2. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine he'll leave that mark well and truly behind him at some stage this season. So a bit more of a chance taken with him, obviously, because he's yet to prove himself over three, uh, beyond three miles and particularly around these fences, whereas Hill 16 has. But I thought, you know, he's, he's a big enough price to take a chance. So those would be my two. Hill 16 and um, five-star five getaway. getaway. Yeah, Hill 16, 12 to one with Coral, five-star getaway, 14 to Skybet and, and Coral as well. Uh, Ed, how are you seeing this? I'm pretty much views are redundant on this now because um, we were discussing this off air. I was really keen on Caribbean Boy if mm. he was going to run. He was entered. Um, Nicky Henderson said the Grand National was the target for him. I thought he'd run a really good race here, but no. He goes to the Welsh Grand National trial instead, and he doesn't have an entry in the Welsh Grand National. So make of that what you will. I've got no idea what's going on at Seven Barrows, but um, <laughs> uh, all in all, in the words of Duncan Bannantyne, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Ed's out. Um, I said we'd have a quick look at uh, the racing over in Ireland on, um, on Sunday. Uh, plenty of really good stuff. We don't have... Uh, prices necessarily for all of them but i know uh, in the royal bond andy there was uh, something you wanted to flag up um where champ keely uh, is the 11 11 to 10 favorite ahead of uh, marine national at two to one uh in the pocket sea of blue seven to one irish point seven to one nine to one bar um are you on the sea of blue um no. which is the sea of blue uh it is uh, in the pocket that's the sea of blue yeah that's the horse yeah mm. um if he does run, and I presume by the sea of blue that he does, um, I think he's going to give Champ Keeley um, plenty to think about because if if the figures that we've got are right from his victory at Wexford, 
and given the way he won, he's he's definitely up to this level. Certainly Henry Nebromed thinks that. I mean, he couldn't believe, knocked my eyes out when he when when he got to the front and he quickened away from the, the back of the second last. I thought, wow, this is also he's got some engine. And Julian Machine was back in third, and he you know obviously he um locked horns with uh, Fasel Vega last season and he's no mug. Um and but I, it's one of those races where you're just reluctant to have a bet because you don't know what's going to end up running. Do you take a punt at sort of seven or eight to one that he does? Um, you know, Willie's got about four or five entries and he's obviously got one another one for JP as well, Hercule de Soy. So does he does Willie run two? Does he run three? I mean, if God, your your guess is as good as mine. I wish you had the inside track, but given that there is a bit of um, activity around in the betting jungle for in the pocket. That's good enough for me to suggest if he, he, he'll run. And I think he's a, he's a name that we're going to be conjuring with for a, a little while now because uh, I don't think too many UK punters will be uh, zoning in on a maiden hurdle win at uh, Wexford. <laughs> you might be right with that one. Ed, were you zoning in on that? I was zoning out, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, I, I was just going back for... A, I remember a time I was at a dinner party trying to explain to two non... Uh, non-sport non-betting um couple what a sea of blue was what were you doing hanging like, out with them uh, well that's the thing i was checking odds checking between the main court and the and the dessert and uh, they, they were just flummoxed when i said there's a sea of blue ii I. um so that was, yeah but we, we left soon after i was in the uber but uh, yeah anyway no um nothing particularly on that race the drinmore uh, it looks like it's going to be three stripe life bambridge and perhaps the devil's coachman mm. by the way the betting's going which could be an, a, a wonderful punch up and then, obviously, uh, other than that, we want to see Honey Suckle come back and wipe the floor of the field and uh, throw a right hook back in uh, at Constitution Hill, don't we? And, and it'd be great to see that mayor with all the fires still burning. So, um, yeah, very much looking forward to the, the Irish Irish coverage on Sunday. Oh, I was going to say, I think the most fascinating race from my perspective, I think the Drimmore could be a, a special race by the looks of it if we get decent-sized field, but it would be the juvenile hurdle. Uh, again, I don't know what's going to run, but we've got Zarek the Brave, Nuzret, Common... Comfort zone one last week. And of course, we've got this lossy mouth who's been mm. anti coast favourite for almost a year, isn't it, for the Triumph Fertile without actually um, leaving its box. Um, so again, I think we should be in for a little bit of a treat there. And the, the um, Triumph Fertile market will have a little bit of a shake up. And I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that Nuzrit will um, go well because I've, I've had a few good on him anti post. Uh, Ed, you had a um, your bet of the week and we hadn't mentioned yet. Can you share it with us? Yeah, I'm going elsewhere, actually. We, we mustn't forget, it's the Peterborough Chase at Huntingdon on mm. Sunday. Uh, an absolute cracker. Mr. Fisher wins. Mr. Fisher wins. <laughs> yeah, he has a... He has, I'll just go through his profile. He has a horrendous record on seasonal reappearance, and it's almost uncanny when you start going through, look at his CV. Uh, for very quickly, you go back to 2018, beaten on his seasonal reappearance, bolted up the time after. Go to 2019... Beaten on his seasonal reappearance, went to Cheltenham for the December meeting, bolted up after. He go to 2020, pulled up on seasonal reappearance, then goes to grade two, wins on his next start. And then Ooh. 2021, pulled up, albeit in the King George, but pulled up and then goes to a grade two at Kempton, um, the race after, and, and wins that beating El Dorado Allen comfortably. So this horse just is, it's an amazing profile, really, of how much that horse really does need his seasonal reappearance. And uh, I think he could be swimming in much calmer waters. I think he was six to one uh, when I last saw. If I could 100% guarantee Mr. Fisher was running, two and a half miles around Huntington would be absolutely perfect for him. So um, I'm going to definitely be uh, pulling the trigger on Mr. Fisher if he lines up on Sunday at, at Huntington. 
There you go, Mr. Fisher. Uh, the selection here, six to one across the board still, Ed. So go and uh, fill your boots. So hopefully Mr. Fisher does turn up in the Peterborough on Sunday. Uh, there we have it, our weekend preview ahead of the racing. Uh, we've covered a fair few tracks there, but really focusing in on Sandown and Aintree. Thank you very much, as ever, to Ed and to Andy for sharing their thoughts, inside and insight and tips. Do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, uh, free bets, place terms, and Andy's tips straight to the app amongst other tipsters uh, straight there as well. And do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find plenty of preview content uh, ahead of racing. Racing Weekly is on there as well. And loads of World Cup stuff. Uh, we've still got a couple of weeks to go until the World Cup final, of course. Uh, so yeah, do go and check that out and subscribe to the channel there. And you can find all of these on any podcast uh, platform as well. Cheers, guys. Thank you for watching. And no as is always the case, Please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.